0: And running in 30 minutes or less. Segments this week include FOs, whips, spinning, running, and running talk. Well, it's nice to finally be back. (laughs) That was a rather unexpectedly long hiatus. We reached school vacation here on uh, June 20th, I believe it was. Of course, my toddler did not nap the last week of school. Then we had my parents over, followed by my in-laws, and then my toddler decided to skip a whole bunch more naps. And finally, we went on a family vacation last week. But we are now home, and it's actually cool enough today to have the windows open and not have the air conditioner running, so I can record without lots of crazy clinking background noise from our horrible ancient window air conditioner. But it is really nice to be back recording for you folks. First off, F.O.s. So I did not get a lot of knitting done the last few weeks, despite not recording. I've been restaining the deck, mostly by myself. And my finger that I injured previously has been hurting like the dickens again, so I haven't gotten nearly as far in my whips as I'd hoped. And I'm trying to be careful and now rest it and not get re-injured. But I did finish my 52-stitch sock. That's the second one. They are not finished-finished. I still need to weave in the ends, but the knitting is done. I'll be honest, I haven't tried them on yet, as it has been hot up in Boston recently. Uh, but they look good. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been like southern Florida. It's been the upper 90s. we I think today is cool. Today's only 80, so it's dropped, oh, I think 15, 18 degrees from yesterday. So today feels lovely, but it has been Hot, hot, hop up, up in Boston. I, I know those of you who live a lot further south laugh at us crazy New Englanders about how we complain about the heat, but you know, when you have to deal with a high of zero degrees Fahrenheit in the wintertime, and also a high of 98 degrees Fahrenheit in the summertime, a hundred degree difference in the highs is a lot for any human being to get used to. But on to whips. I have put a lot more rows onto my changing staircases shawl by Jacob Nitz. This is a shawl inspired by the Harry Potter books, the way the staircases are constantly changing and moving, and I'm working on it in Musu, which is a 100% bamboo yarn from the Fiber Lady. I said last time that I was about 75% complete, but I totally misjudged I was guesstimating. Turns out I was more like 66% last time, but now I'm on the last section, so I actually am
1: 95%
0: complete, and I am very excited because I want to wear this to a wedding in two weeks. I've also been working on the Blue Dahlia pattern by Brenda York. This was uh, designed for Barocco yarns. I finished the garter stitch section and I'm about one third of the way through the stockinette colorway section. The blue of the body is Juniper Moon Farms Nev in the Lagoon colorway from my local yarn store that closed. The red is Cascade Ultra Pima Fine in the Cranberry colorway, held double. Yellow is Barocco Modern Cotton in the Dell colorway. And the green is also. Uh, Modern Carton in the Breakers colorway. And these are all, um, I should say, when I decided to knit this shawl, these were all skeins I had in my stash already. So I shot my stash for this shawl. And I love the way it looks, and it's going to be absolutely gorgeous when it's done. But I've determined that once you get to 300 plus stitches, I don't like colorwork in purl. I can, you know, Short bits, you know, 50 stitches, even maybe even 100 stitches isn't that bad, but when you're purling across 300, 350 stitches, I just don't like that. And while this pattern is gorgeous, it's hard to get your rhythm in the colorwork section because it's a long colorwork repeat, and it's not it's not really geometrical. You're, you're designing a picture of flowers and, and leaves and stuff, so there's a lot of, like, you know, three blues, five greens, three this, four that, that sort of thing um and it's you know you can't you just can't get your groove with it but it will be absolutely gorgeous when it's done so hopefully that will be soon because we do have another vacation lined up at the end of summer right before school starts back up and i want to bring the shawl for that uh, i worked on a new 52 stitch sock and that is in plymouth yarns diversity in the fruity colorway which is white with stripes of green, yellow, orange, pink and purple. And I started this because we went to we were we were on vacation last week. We were actually visiting my parents down on Cape Cod. They have a, uh, they're they're old. They stay in my grandparents' old cottage um, on the cape and we went there and we we took the boys out to their to my Toddler out to his first movie theater experience and my husband and I went to a couple theater shows. The Cape is known for having really good summer theater. A lot of actors come there in the summertime, especially um, a lot of the like kids who are training to become actors during their off-season from their universities. They'll, they'll come and work on the capes. So you get excellent productions for a very reasonable cost. And I knew I was almost done with my pink and gray sock. I just had a ton, like an inch left on the cuff, so I didn't want to bring that. So I started a new sock. And uh, it turns out I've gotten quite a bit of that one done. I'm about halfway up the foot <laughs> of the first sock, so I got a a lot done i'm I'm not you know i don't like to knit during a production because they they can see you it's like at the movie theater i'll knit but um i will knit at intermission while we're waiting in, in our seats for the show to start you know while we're waiting for the house to open that sort of thing and all the on the way there so i did get some knitting done also i have been doing some design work again for the first time in ages god when was the last time i did design work six months ago probably it feels so good to be creating again um I can't talk about the designs yet, but hopefully I will be able to soon. And as I promised in my early episodes, this podcast will never be a podcast about my designs. You know, I'll mention them here and there. Um, they'll do, what? What is, how is, um, Amy Bath, the Fat squirrel call it Shameless Self Promotion. I'll, I'll engage in that here and there, but this will never be a podcast solely about my design work or anything like that. I, that's a kind of a pet peeve of mine. Um, so don't worry, Reel will not be going down that route. Onto spinning. Well, I have been doing lots of spinning, thanks to my sore finger. I finished multiple braids of cotton from the Hipstrings Cotton Club. I finished Johnny Jump Up, and that came out as a two-ply sport weight. So that was my first real test on my uh, lendrum wheel. Uh, that is a white, primarily white co- colorway with spots of navy, dark purple, and then or not spots, but you know, big chunks of navy and dark purple, and then little drops of a yellow green. Uh, uh, Jill from Hipstrings said that reminded her of early spring when the tiny shoots are just starting to poke up through the snow up here in northern climes. I also worked on Break of Day and that came out as a three-ply and it's on the border between fingering and sport, and that is a blue with gold, and pale oranges of sunrise. It's really pretty. And I've noticed something that I also heard from the um, the deep blue renegade which you should definitely go watch her podcast she talks a lot about knitting and spinning and she recently spun up a sweater's quantity and knit the sweater with fiber that was blues and orange and that's what what she said as well she is very correct in that when you're when you're spinning a blue with an orange the orange really pops out your your primary visual is the orange not the blue and that actually has to the weight. It has to do with the way your eyes are. It's been a long time since I've taken um, the theory class on this. Oh God, it's probably been fifteen years since I took it. But basically, um, the way have rods and cones in your eye work—one sees reds and one sees blues—and your eye sees reds pop out more, and the blues and greens fade into the background. and It is the ways our eyes are the way that our eyes are built, and um, it, which is why a lot of you know, movies and theatrical productions use that to help you see things on a screen at a certain time and to bring your focus to where your eye needs to be. But it also happens that if you spin up orange and blue, your eye sees the orange, which is nothing wrong with that. I'm just not the biggest fan of orange. I prefer the blue, but it did come out really beautiful, and I'll probably use it in a shawl or something with another colorway, and it'll look gorgeous. I spun up a third braid called A Different Time, and this was my first true three-ply fingering weight yarn. I was so excited. And this is a white yarn with spots of navy and purple. It's probably roughly a third, third, third. It's probably a little bit more white than a third and a tiny bit less of the navy and dark purple. But it's spun up beautifully. It's gorgeous. And I cannot wait to knit with that. It's going to be beautiful and something. I, I have no plans for these yarns yet. I'm thinking of develop, you know just uh, going on with the Cotton Club and maybe buying some more colored fibers from Jill and maybe from some other folks and then just kind of developing a little bit of a base of hand-dyed yarns and then maybe doing a find your fade or something along those lines or maybe like a so-faded sweater and and do it out of hand. But that's on the horizon quite a ways out from now. Lastly, with spinning, I am spinning on my first tour de fleece, which has been a lot of fun. My goal is to finish spinning 16 ounces of sustainable cotton that I bought from the Woolery And my goal with this spin in particular is to get reliable enough to justify buying a sweater lot of fiber from Hipstrings, because I really want to spin my own sweater with her fiber. Her fiber is prepped so beautifully, dyed so beautifully, and it's a lot nicer to spin with than a lot of the cottons that I've bought in other places. So yes, shameless plug for Jill at Hipstrings, Jill and Nick, their stuff is amazing. And if you're looking to start spinning cotton I would recommend starting with her stuff and not buying just a generic bag of white cotton somewhere because the difference in prep is night and day. Uh, Spinning, you know, what I'm spinning now versus what I was spinning with um, Hipstrings braids, it's, Jill's stuff is so much easier to work with. So if you've never spun cotton or you spun it once and you hated it because it was a pain in the butt, go to Hipstrings, order a two-ounce braid, give it a try. Or she also sells um, Easy Spin cotton which is designed to be a lot easier to spin, particularly if you've spun other animal fibers before because a lot of the crimp is left in the cotton. Start with the easy spin, then try a braid of fiber, of the the dyed fiber from hip strings, before you go on to just a generic bag of white cotton. The generic bag of white cotton is way more challenging. Totally doable. I am enjoying it, don't get me wrong. I do like it and I can't wait. I'm going to dye this up with my boys once it's done. We have a gigantic crop of blackberries. Um, Our property, we kind of have trees on basically almost three sides, two and a half sides, and then a field on the fourth side. And uh, our property is lined by blackberry bushes um, in the front and on the side by the field. And then kind of the front of our property that sort of leans towards the field. We've got wild blackberries. And we always have way too many that we know what to do with and they go bad before we can eat them. And we tried freezing them and I make jam with them and we still have too many blackberries. So I am seriously thinking, since my kids have accidentally dyed some cotton t-shirts with blackberry juice, that we do it on purpose. And maybe we do a science experiment. My kindergartner is really big into science experiments right now. So maybe we, you know, I make up a couple skeins of the yarn and we put one skein in for five minutes, one skein in for 10 minutes, one skein in for 15 and just see what happens and... Basically make myself a gradient I'm just experimenting. Hopefully it comes out nice, and if it doesn't, nah, I don't have any particular plans for this yarn anyway, so I'll be cool with it. (laughs) On to running. So, I have not run at all since my last recording. Uh, We all got sick, a couple viruses, and then company coming over, and last week of school, and going on vacation, and So I'm back to the drawing board in terms of fitness. That brings my half marathon training to a screeching halt because there's no way I'll be in shape for one this fall. But it turns out I may have some upcoming stuff going on that I need to be more all around fit for versus half marathon fit for. So I'm going to retrain my focus and I am going to work on just 5Ks for running and also getting back in the pool more, especially in the summertime since I have great access to a couple pools here. And at the YMCA, we're members out of our local YMCA group. And then the YMCA has rowing machines, and my parents have some sea kayaks down the Cape, and I'm just not in shape to row for a sea kayak. So I'm going to hop on the rowing machine at the Y and try to get back in shape for kayaks, so the next time we go to visit my folks down the Cape, I'll be able to take out a kayak and not ache for the next three days. (laughs) Running talk. Well, we haven't had this segment in a while. I was kind of getting worried I'd wouldn't be having them back again, but this is the kind of information that I really want to bring to you folks, so I'm excited to have it up again. So I came across a study that I thought you folks would find very interesting, and it really talks about why cross-training is so important. And I've talked about cross-training helps you avoid overuse injuries, but it turns out that cross-training also affects your DNA in a very positive way, but only the body parts you're actually using. So this study, I'm going to link to it in the show notes, it's from 2014, and it talks about epigenetics. Now, don't panic on you here, I'm going to try to break this down to make it really easy to understand. So, you know, your your your, your genes are made up of DNA. Epigenetics just means that what we do to and with our bodies affects our genes. It turn, You know, we used to think, or I should say, scientists used to think back in the day that you were born with your genes and... You know, they turned on, and your, your body was built when you were incubating in your parents' womb, and you were born, and that was it. So it turns out, actually, your genes turn on and off through a whole bunch of different things, not just through, you know, say, if you're a, a woman and you get pregnant, obviously different genes turn on. Yes, that's true. But also, exercising, what you eat, what you, you know, ingest, how you move, also turns on genes, So what this study did back in 2014, or I should say it was published in 2014, is they took a group of healthy men and they took them and they had them uh, hop on exercise bike and bike with one leg. Not both legs, just one leg. So every every man in the study was basically his own control group of sorts because both legs would experience, you know, the blood flow and stuff like that, because that, you know, goes as you go. But only one leg would be doing the actual work. And before the study began, they did muscle biopsies to see what was going on in both legs. And then after the study, so they had them pedal for 45 minutes, four times per week for three months. Then the scientists did more muscle biopsies, both legs of all the men, and they found that there were more than 5,000 sites on the genome, the genes, of the muscle cells from the exercise leg that had changed. That were So 5,000 places in their genome had changed compared to the leg that did not get exercise. That's crazy. Granted, we're still learning about genetics, and honestly, genetics is not my cup of tea. Uh, biology was never my super strong suit. I was more into math and computer science and, and that sort of thing. But I really find this stuff very fascinating. So the body parts you use change in a good way. Like these these muscle changes, I'm, I'm not going to throw all the actual medical words at you. I'll link to the study in the show notes if you want to read about it yourself. But basically, the body parts they were using changed in a very positive way to reflect that they were being used in a way that made their, their leg and their body overall healthier. But it didn't... Oh, hi, i sorry. Here's my cat. But those epigenetic changes did not occur in the leg that was not used. So, moral of the story, go out and cross-train. Use as many body parts as you can. Go in as many ways as you can. You know, if you run all the time, yeah, you can hop on a bike too. Because you're using your leg in a different way. That still counts. But also, don't forget, go use your arms. Hop in the pool. Go swimming. Take a dance class. Do some yoga. Go to a Zumba class. There's so many ways you can make sure that you move all your body parts. That way, all of your body gets the healthy benefits. Okay, I am going to wrap it up here because I have to go pick up my kindergartner from his week at day camp today. So he gets out of camp in just a little while. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Uh, fingers crossed that I'll be able to record next week. I have some plans that I think will allow me to actually record two weeks in a row. Miracle of miracles, I know. But have a great week in the meantime, and keep those legs and arms and needle moving. Bye-bye! I can be found as Windswept Monique on Ravelry on Instagram. Or you can email me at WinsweptMonique at gmail.com or visit my new website, windsweptnets.com, and stream the podcast or read the show notes.